welcome to the We Venture Podcast. My name is MJ. And my name is PK. And welcome to another episode of the We Venture Podcast, where we kind of talk about all the shows and movies that we binged this week. Hi, Adam PK. I'm doing okay. Uh, it was fun to meet up in downtown. Uh, we went to a really fun restaurant. <laughs> but otherwise, I've just been busy with work. I'm excited to finally... Um, slow down at work and not take so many shifts next week so I've just been taking a lot of shifts just because of my vacation I swapped all of those shifts out and I've been working a lot since I came back but now it's going to go back to my normal schedule so I'm excited to have more days off and relax a bit yeah that's awesome um and how's work going I mean I work everything is going great yeah it's very uh repetitive and um a lot of people are been complaining and dealing with a lot of complaints, but it's also understanding that a lot of patients and families are going through a tough time, so being very empathetic, it does get emotionally draining at times, but trying to have a balance and have both perspectives of the patient's family as well as the staff's uh, perspective, so it's good seeing, um, well, understanding both sides, the patient side of the story and then the staff side of the story. So it's been very busy and hectic, and I don't know how healthcare staff do it. At times, it can be very emotionally draining, but it's also um, rewarding as well, right? Mm -hmm. Helping and saving patients and, and their family as well. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I have that problem in my job right now, too, which is it's exhausting mentally and emotionally mm-hmm. to see clients in person and dealing with their trauma and the things that they're going through. Because I'm very, I'm, I'm a very empathetic person. So I kind of, I'm very good at putting myself in the shoes of the other person and trying to empathize what they're going through. And it's really hard. And I can't do that all the time because it's exhausting on me, especially when you realize that you really can't do much yourself. So you're there to hear their their story and to hear their side of things, but all you can say is, oh, I'm so sorry that you're going through this. I hope everything's okay. And let me connect you with resources that could help you through this very emotional, mental, draining time. Um, and that's all I can do, And which is, which is really hard to swallow sometimes, but I'm learning that I need to create a, a brick wall between me and my clients and to make sure that, I am professional with them and that I can only do what you came to this office, you know, for me to help you with, and that's it. Yeah, it's definitely finding a balance and not trying to take on too much stress, but trying to get that goal and that outcome that everybody wants. Yeah, it's very... It's very, it's very, 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 very exhausting. Um but yeah, other than that, I'm doing good. Um, I think next episode we'll talk about like what we did today and yeah, but I do want to talk about um I really do want to talk about uh the strike that's going on. So have All you right. been listening or reading up to reading up on the strike at any point? A little bit. Okay. So a little bit meaning meaning like I've heard of it. <laughs> Okay, so the strike, if 
you guys don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the things that are impacting our lives, but also, more importantly, the writers and the actors. Uh, the writers went on strike earlier this year, I believe in May, and the actors just officially went on strike as of Thursday of this week. Thursday of last week. This is the Wednesday episode. Thursday of last week, guys. So that basically means that the actors are are going on strike, choosing not to work, um, hopefully um, in lieu of getting what they need from the bargaining agreement. So you're part of a union, and in this union, in this group, as a worker, you have somebody who represents your rights and to make sure that everybody is getting paid and treated equally. So a union is always a good thing, no matter who, who, what, where, when, how happens to you. A union is a great thing, and it's the backbone to a lot of, you know, things you see in society, you know, infrastructure, a lot of blue-collar jobs. It helps build what we are relying on, the systems and the things that we use today. So, and it, it, it helps to create, you know, fair wages, making sure people get, you know, good health care. So for the writers, it's really, you know, they want to, to, to get paid the residuals. So, for instance... Um, the residuals, let me hold this. The residuals, I'm just going to pull up my thing here. The residuals is basically a paycheck. Like you get paid, um, to do a specific, um, um, specific type of work. And, you know, if you were in cable, the residuals were higher. But here in streaming, the residuals are much lower. Um, let me just read to you what residuals are in, um, so TV, have you heard what residuals are? Um, no, I haven't heard of it. Residuals. So residuals is really important. Residuals. Writers. Um, residuals are the money some writers and actors earn when a work is reused, such as when a movie lands on a streaming platform, is released on DVD, or airs on cable, like The Devil Wears Prada. It released on, you know, a specific year, about 15, 10 years ago, but you see it sometimes running on cable or even on Netflix. You can watch it on Netflix. Each and every time someone clicks on that video, that actor, like Meryl Streep, gets a paycheck, okay? So that's the residual. So the residuals are a key issue for Hollywood strikers, and here's how they work. As long as there, as long as there have been strikes, those strikes have been about wages and conditions. The historic double double walkout that grounds Hollywood to a standstill this week is no exception, because now that the writers are on strike, the actors are on strike, and the actors are on strike for similar related reasons, but still different reasons. Um, this movement is also tied to a modern phenomenon, which is the way streaming giants like. Um, Disney, HBO, uh, Paramount, Netflix have reshaped the entertainment industry. Um, leaders of, of Screen Actors Guild American Federation of Television and Radio Artists voted Thursday, so that's the, um, it's called SAG, AFTRA, it is called the Union, um, uh, voted Thursday to join the Writers Guild of America, which has a long strike against major studios, arguing that the streaming era has, allow has allowed them to cut workers out of profits. SAG and WGA say the new wage of entertainment has eaten into a significant portion of actors' and writers' income. 
And when it comes to money, the unions have one issue in particular on their minds, and those are residuals. What are residuals? When an actor, so let's say you're thinking about your favorite actor, Idris Elba, my future husband. <laughs> when an actor books a TV show or a writer work on a movie script, okay, they make a set about amount of money. So they make some, and they make a lot of money, right? But what happens, but what about when movies, but what about when movies leave the theater and TV shows and reach their final? So for instance, um, John Wick movies. Those movies that you see on the theaters, now they've been at the, I think like, I think movies now in theaters are getting shorter. Yeah. They used to be three or four months. Now that's like a month. Yeah. The, the you, turnover is pretty quick now. It's really, really quick. Yeah. So now once they leave the movie theaters, let's say, mm-hmm. that's where the residuals come in. Residuals are the money some writers and actors earn when work is reused, such as when a movie lands on a streaming platform, is released on DVD, or airs on cable. For example, Margaret Robbie is getting $12.5 million in salary for the Barbie movie. Which is wow. crazy. Which I mean, I want to see. I'm not excited about it. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Honestly, I'm not excited to mm-hmm. go out of my way and watch it. Yeah, I know it's very like hyped up, but I feel like it's it's not... hyped up for no reason. Yeah, like, I, I don't understand. Like a lot of the major actors are in that movie. I'm trying to figure out why do you want to be in this movie? Yeah, there's a lot of major actors like Ryan Gosling is in it. Issa Rae, yeah. the guy from Shang-Chi, yeah, the, Shanghai. The Mississauga actor. The Mississauga Toronto actor, actor. the aging guy, yeah, which we love. Um, I don't know what's so hyped about it. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's because I, yeah, I really don't know. But anyways, um, that's how much he's making. But she'll make even more. Margot Robbie will make even more. When the movie hits network TV and streaming services. Mm. So residuals are a form of royalties. But the key difference is that residuals are union mandated, while royalties are a separate agreement between production companies and those that they employ. The residuals are that has to be created and managed and, you know, agreed upon between the royalties and the production company for the actor. And not all actors and writers get residual checks. Background actors, like my sister was a background actor once, she doesn't get a residual check. And unnamed writers don't. And anyone working on a non-union contract doesn't get one either. The exact formulas that determine how much each worker makes in residuals are more complex than you think. But they take into account factors including how long the production took and in which market it opened. So maybe if the movie opened up in... China or opened up in LA or New York, the residuals will look different. How has the streaming era affected their residuals? Very good question. This is the reason why they're striking. The event of streaming has led to significantly lower residuals. So if you go on cable, so let's say your movie was in theaters and then now it's on cable, that means that you get a higher residual than let's say your movie was in a theaters and then it went on Netflix. During the heyday of cable TV, Near constant reruns of popular shows like Friends, which we see mm-hmm. I see all the time on cable, yeah. meant big residual paydays for writers and actors. That means that Jennifer, uh, people on Friends. Oh, I don't know. Their Jennifer name. Aniston. Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. She must have and um, the other guys make a huge paycheck from Friends, you know, they and still and, make and, it, and yeah. they still and Seinfeld. Yeah. They wow. you, you see that they get a huge paycheck from residuals, but the meteoric rise, the meteor, me, meteoric um, rise of streaming services such as Netflix and Hulu, 
has upended that reality, and creators say residuals are much smaller. They're shrinking. Unlike cable reruns like Friends, residual payments for streaming services aren't based on the number of times an episode or movie is viewed. In fact, it's way different, guys. Instead, they're based on the number of subscribers the streamer service has. Oh, so it's better to be it's better to have your movie be on Netflix than on Disney Plus or Paramount then because right, they have more subscribers. They have more subscribers. Okay. Oh. Um, instead they're based on the number of okay. So writers and actors who work for platforms like Netflix make more than those who work for smaller streamers like Paramount Plus. That makes sense. That means that regardless of whether a show is a flop or a cash cow, it me it makes the same amount in residuals. Writers and actors say that allows studios to profit off off of their work without compensating them fairly for the success of a show. In short, studios are making more off shows because of streaming, while writers and actors say they are making less. That combined with inflation has led to the unfair compensation. So that's why they're striking. You have inflation. A lot of the TVs and movies are going on Netflix and Paramount and HBO and Disney Plus, and they get less residuals. But I don't know why they get less residuals, though. Like, that's, like, the thing I don't really understand, why they make less residuals. But I guess it's based on, based on your amount of subscribers. Um I thought it would be based on, like, the number of times the show is being uh, watched mm-hmm. or, like, streamed. Or, yeah. But it's not. So it's based on the actual platform and their subscribers. Which is crazy. Look at this. In 2015, when Warner Brothers um, did the show Friends, they made $1 billion that year, which is insane. That's so crazy. And Friends is still coming up on TV, like you were it's saying. It's still getting it's on, on TV. There on TV. So let's say, so let me tell you how residuals work. So this is like a good episode if you guys want to like, want to know like, all about the strike thing. Yeah. So some writers and actors have had significant residual paydays for decades after their work. For instance, Friends, right? In 2015, it has been reported that Warner Brothers was earning $1 billion a year from the hit show Friends which ran from 1994 to 2004, so five years. No, 10 years. Yeah, 10 years. 2% of that amount, so $20 million, goes to each of the stars every year. Wow. Can you imagine? $20 million each year? That's a huge paycheck. Holy shit. Goes to shit. each of the stars. Now I understand, like, people who is on shows like Gilmore Girls, because Gilmore yeah, Girls is still a, running on cable. Yeah, that's also very popular. That's now I see why Alexis Badil and they don't they don't act because why they don't need to act. Yeah, they're after getting, you make a popular show, you're kind of settled. That's for life. Yeah, you're each done. and every year that it's being played on cable, you get two percent of that amount. That's crazy, and I think that's the same deal for The Office. That's also a very, very popular show that's still on TV, and everybody loves to watch it over and over again. Yeah, and apparently Friends is a major exception because residuals are usually never that high. But they're saying that if it's a huge hit show like like that, that everybody loves and it's reruns, then it's going to be that high. On the picket line outside Warner Brothers Studios on Friday, actor 
Senny Lathan explained how residuals can help actors pay their bills while they audition. At least when you worked back in the day, you saw residuals and you could pay your bills. Because a lot of actors, they do like, you know, cameos or side parts in a really popular show. Right. And they'll probably get residuals from that show. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I got my SAG card doing a secret deodorant commercial. I was able to pay my rent back then for a whole year while I was still a struggling actor going out for auditions. That would never happen today. Um, and, and even before streaming, the unions say residual checks for most projects were paltry. There's no full house money. So I guess, yeah, full house was one of another show, too, that would play on reruns. Um, so Bob Saget, who never, he never owned the show, apparently, um, who played Danny Tainer on the sitcom Full, full House, um, you get nothing. Residual checks on shows are nothing. If you're doing a show and you're not an ex- executive producer and own it, then you get residuals, which can amount to checks from two to $2,000. Um, and Bob Saget died in 2002, so rest his peace, I guess. Um, I don't know why, why would you be quoting a dead guy? Yeah, I know. I don't understand that. Oh, oh my God. Uh, so how long have residuals existed for? So that's really interesting. So let's look at that. Um, I'm not going to, okay, so apparently since 1950s, that's how long, um, they've lasted. So that's like, now I get it now. Yeah. But the thing is, like, how now I want to know how much, how much are residuals in streaming? Now I see how actors have, I guess, multiple sources of income, income, and how they're able to afford rent and afford other stuff while doing additions. Because how do they survive when they're just trying to do additions? Is being in this popular show and getting these residual payments. Um, yeah. So apparently on HBO and other pay TV, residuals can occur after 10 exhibition days. While high-budget subscription streaming on platforms like Disney Plus, with with high-budget subscription streaming on platforms like Disney Plus, performers can begin to earn residual pay after the first 90 days of a program going live. So after three months, they start receiving something. So how much are those payments? So somebody broke it down for us. So apparently figuring out, based on a formula, what type of project, the runtime, the budget, the, the performer's role, the contract, the amount of revenue you get from it. Um, so, yeah, like I, I – oh, there is a formula. Okay, so, for example, 2020 in 2020, SAG contracts capped the residual rates for performers in high-budget programs made on subscription with streaming services at 45% for their first residual. So 45% of the revenue, I guess. So the 45% residual rate covers the year immediately following the first 90 days of of the, of the airing the show or movie on Netflix or whatever. The year after is 40%. So the residual check gets smaller each and every I, year. Yeah. So I mm-hmm. guess you have to be really good with your money and not spend all of your money yeah. and refinance it or invest it so it grows over time. So it's not a consistent source of income. 
it becomes lower and lower. So it's still better to still have your TV or movie on cable TV because they said that you get your residual checks even sooner. So 30 days after the air date, um, yes, even on network network prime time, non-prime time networks. So that's, like, really interesting. I, I had no idea that your paycheck in the residuals actually gets smaller each and every year. Yeah. And now I understand why. But I know that's what the writers are basically, you know, doing. Um, they don't get paid a lot, and the actors are doing that as well. Um, and I know the writers wanted, like, you know, better better pay, better health care. And the actors are also specifically fighting for AI. Um, like, for instance, have you watched that show Black Mirror, episode two, when they did a – you have to watch it. Okay. So Netflix did, has a show called Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. And it's on the sixth season. And there's one of the episodes where a girl came home, had a nine-to-five job as an HR manager, came home, started watching a show with a character that looks just like her. Oh, I've seen that in the trailer. Oh, my God. It's actually, yeah. that's exactly what Netflix wants to do. Oh, wow. Literally. Okay. They will take your likeness. Yeah. They will, this, let's say you be in a movie and you they give you an amount. Yeah. They pay you. Yeah. But your likeness, your oh, your hair, like your mannerisms, the way you speak, they'll yeah. use all of that forever. But you never get paid for it. Oh. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's what Netflix wants to do. They want to use whatever they want to do with your body. Mm-hmm. And that's it. They'll give you a one-time paycheck. So that's what, mm-hmm. that's a big thing for the actors who are striking. Right, right, okay. So that, so AI, that type of nonsense, which is so crazy. So that, in that episode, the girl realized the show was literally all about her. It predicted everything that was going to happen in or already life. did happen. And oh. she's watching it on the, on the show and mm. everybody in the world, including her family and her and employees are watching it. It's so crazy. Oh, wow. So trippy. And you realize that Netflix got all of this material for, through her phone. Oh, wow. That's so, wow. Creepy, crazy. right? Crazy. You need to watch it. So oh, wow. that's what the actors are striking for. Like, we obviously, in solidarity with the actors and with the writers. Yeah. Um, and it's just, but I heard today, because listening to another podcast, I heard today, if they don't make a deal by October, mm-hmm. we're not going to see shows next year or movies. Really? We're fucked. Wow. <laughs> Oh you don't like reality TV, you want to you get yourself <laughs> Reality TV is the I only, mean, is the yeah. only thing. Because you yeah. can't, you can't, there are no actors on there and there are no yeah. writers. Yeah, that's true. It's real people, no, cameras all around. No, there are writers in terms of like the concept and the production and stuff. No, 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 no. But there are no writers for TV. No, not for reality. Oh. They used to be, but there are no writers for TV, for yeah. reality TV. Reality TV. They just follow, they just follow, oh. follow people around. Right, right, that's true. They follow them around. Like, their producers, you'd be like, oh, are you, are you going to talk about that issue? Like, the, the, like, the fact that yeah. it's happening to you? But that's it. Yeah, that's, that's true. They won't write the script. The actors would just be basically living their life. And yeah. And they would record whatever they're doing. Oh, my God. So, reality TV would only be the only thing that you will see and be able to watch. So, the Kardashians, the Real Housewives, yeah. all Bravo TV, like, all of that. But all of the scripted drama, scary movies, mm-hmm. like rom-coms, 
all of that will go away if if they don't make a deal. If SAG and WGA doesn't make a deal by October, they will have no movies, no new no, no new movies, no like they can't even promote. Like actors are even like even for the bar movie, they have to stop promoting for the bar movie right now. Oh really? You can't even while the strike is going on, you cannot work. Actors cannot work. So that includes promotion, doing interviews, posting it on social media. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. So that's gonna be rough. It's gonna be rough. <laughs> I feel like there's definitely a lot of there's not even that many TV shows and movies coming out right now. Um, no, it's the opposite. There is a lot. lot. I think it's slowing down. There was it's so much slowing down. In the beginning of, but the you summer. only, but, but you only look at Netflix though. Yeah, like the <laughs> no, other channels. You yeah. look at Disney Plus, Apple TV, Paramount Plus, HBO. Yeah, HBO. There's so much shit on. happening. Yeah. There's so much TV and movie dropping. It's hard to keep up. Yeah. Which is good for me, okay? Because I, I rate movies and TVs and on my regular channel, so it's good for me. Great content. But it's so much to keep up. So so in the next, like, up-and-coming months, you'll see them kind of tapering um, and kind of just releasing TVs and movies slowly. You won't mm-hmm. see. And you're going to start seeing production companies actually focusing on high-quality, good-quality TV. Because remember when Netflix was just, on the scene, and there was House of Cards and Orange is the New Black, and everybody was obsessed. Yeah. And those were the only two shows that everybody was obsessed everybody with. Everybody was watching, yeah. That's what production companies and cable companies are going to start doing now, actually producing really, like, focusing their efforts on one good TV show and and having, like, really good writers and producing, like, good TV again. Um, yeah. Instead of just doing it all and just hoping that one of them does, does good for us. True. Um, and one of them just pops off. They're going to put for an all-in-one. I think Netflix already do, does that, where they release only part of a season, and they make you wait, like, months before the other part of the season is was uh, is going to be released. Oh, my God, sorry. Oh, my number's connected. I'm like, oh, my God, what's happening? Okay. I was just like, please tell me that was recording. No, 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 no it was recording. Okay, okay. I think I'm on Bluetooth in my car, that's why. Sorry for the technical difficulties. Um, but yeah, like that's like the whole writing and striking situation, if you didn't know. Hopefully we broke it down for you a bit more simpler. Um, but yeah. I feel like we should have... <laughs> I feel like one day I fe- I feel like I feel like McDonald's I feel like McDonald's is going to copyright us and be like, uh yeah guys, um, I feel like uh, that's 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 ours. Like, what are you doing? But it's fine. Oh, like, like, we talk about McDonald's food too. And I like, know, but we're kind of promoting you. Yeah, but well, I am. I'm like definitely a McDonald's fan. But like, if we get fan. but if we get big, like I'm sure McDonald's would be like, uh, guys, we trademarked that sound. You can't use that sound. <laughs> okay, so try out try your new one. <laughs> We ain't good this week. Sounds like somebody's dying. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. Um, We ain't. Nope. (laughs) I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. What did you eat good this week? Um, 
So we had a lot of different dumplings that we tried mm-hmm. today. Uh, one of my favorites was the fried shrimp one and also the soup dumpling. That mm-hmm. tasted so, so good. Um, it was cool to try different uh, seafood dumplings. I'm personally very big on chicken and beef dumplings, but the shrimp ones were really good and I was surprised. But there was a few ones that I didn't really like the texture of, like that chicken and ginger mm-hmm. ginger one. I, I loved it all. I ain't gonna hold you. Yeah. I loved it all. I loved everything. It was so good. I ate so much because I ate last night, which I'll talk about in the next episode. But it was so good. I loved it. Um, I usually dumplings or steamed buns. I always think that those are like an appetizer, but it ended up being a meal. It was very filling, yeah, just because a lot of there was a lot of meat and things, and we had bok choy, which I love. One of my favorite veg- veggies, bok choy. We also had the noodles with the beef, which was really good. Bubble tea, courtesy of Peking. I'm very, I was like craving bubble tea. Like I haven't had this in a while, honestly. And mm. um, I just love it. It's so refreshing. Yeah, it is refreshing. It's actually quite nice. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what we ate. We literally just ate it like an hour ago. Yeah. It's very good for our friend's birthday. Um, the but yeah. restaurant was called Rosewood. And I actually do definitely recommend it. Highly recommend if you're in place. Toronto area. Yeah. I think we're on Queen Street West. Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah. But yeah, that's the food segment, guys. Um, on to our show. Mm-hmm. What have you watched? Uh, Summer Lincoln. Party? Oh, Lincoln. Lawyer. Okay. I did watch that. I watched the first two episodes. Of which season? Of the first season. I know the second season's out. But I haven't seen the first one. <sighs> fine. Do you want to still talk about it? It's just fine. I'll still talk about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'll just like quickly talk about Lincoln Lawyer. Yeah, um, yeah. So Lincoln Lawyer is a good like legal drama. Uh, on Netflix. First, yeah, on Netflix. The first season was pretty good. The second season, it's good. They only released the first part of the second season, and the second part of the second season is releasing on August fourth, I believe. Which it always like irritates me when Netflix does that. It's like when you release a season. Please release the entire season. I'm. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not bad. I'm not mad about it anymore. Really? Yeah, I'm not mad about it anymore. Because like they really left us with a cliffhanger, and I think that makes sense. Oh, that's why. If it's a huge cliffhanger, then no. But that's with any season, though. Again, I think like every show, that's what they do. That's what they do. But the thing is, I think again, streaming platforms are trying to get closer to cable now. Mm Um, not only on focusing on creating good quality TV and releasing episodes that are back to the normal scheduling, which is like once a week. Um, right. I like Lincoln Lawyer, the first episode. It was good. It was, it was still too similar to the periodical TVs type of format that we, that we kind of grew up with. Right. It's very comforting. Mm-hmm. As a guy, you know what to expect. He practices law. Yeah. He saves someone in the show, whatever yeah. that crime is. You know, he has a, like either horrific love life or mm-hmm. something like doesn't you know do good in in his personal life, but he's really really good with in his work type of type of character, right? Yeah, um, it's very basic. It's very it's not a new concept at all. Um, the actor is good. Apparently, he's um, a Spanish actor, so he actually has stop! to learn English and learn the legal terms. 
So his uh, first language he is not look English. Spanish to me, but he's probably know. from Wait. Spain. Search up his background. I don't know, but he's not English. Like he's not from Canada or like you know talks. Uh, like his first language is not English. So I was uh, looking at this interview, and he was saying that he actually had to learn English. Eighty-two percent of Rotten Tomatoes. That's pretty good. Idealistic lawyer Mickey Holler runs his practice yeah, out of Mickey the back Holler. of his Lincoln Town car, taking on cases big and small across Los LA. I okay. don't think it's a eighty-two percent. They're they're reaching it. But Manuel yeah. Manuel Garcia oh, Rosso Rosso Wow. So he had to he learn does look English, Mexican. And he had to He learn looks the so LA term. to me. I know. I thought he was he looks he had so like a, sorry, I burped. American background. I'm like so shocked. Yeah, I was so shocked. Because his acting in that show is really, is very really good. good. Yeah, it's very, very good. very convincing as a lawyer. Yeah. So yeah, 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 yeah. I do agree. But that's the reason why. Because because the structure of the show is like so old school. Mm-hmm. I, it it kind of turned me off. But the concept isn't new. The structure isn't yeah. new. But yeah. the characters are fun. It reminds me of the show Trent. Um, which is kind of likely. But instead, they're all detectives. Mm-hmm. Um it reminds me of Suits a little bit, but Suits is just, like, an amazing show itself. No, um, Suits is, like, way different, I yeah, feel like. Su- yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, so this season was interesting. Mm-hmm. It's more about he takes on this new client, and this client um, named Lisa, she is convicted to murdering this local businessman, and he also, like, falls for her as well, and but still takes her on as a client. So he mm. kind of has, like, some romantic relationship going on with her but he ends the relationship but he still takes her as a client so he has to kind of like balance that whereas like he's very like emotionally invested in the case and if that's like you know his romantic feelings or if it's about the case um so it's very like not a new concept like this has been seen before and it's done before Mm -hmm. um but it's cool just to because it keeps you on your toes on terms of did Lisa actually kill the businessman or is she um, not guilty of that? And I'm, honestly, she's like shady as F. <laughs> so. And the thing is, he's one of those lawyers who's really good at his job, but yeah. because he knows the law, he knows how to cut corners on the law. Right. So anyway, it's not going to go difficulties again. Um, but yeah, so... Um, oh yeah, because he because he knows, you know, the law and everybody loves him. Mm-hmm. Oh shit. Because he knows the law and everybody loves him, um, I think he thinks he can get away with some things um, in the law, which is, you know, dating your client, which is actually a big no-no. You're not supposed yeah. to ever date your client. It's unethical. Right. It goes against the code of practice for lawyers and paralegals here in Ontario. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I will definitely get back in. So I started watching a few minutes of the second season, but I started falling asleep again because... It's like very, yeah. you know what I mean? But it's a very comforting show. It is. Um, look, it's a show you put in the background. But anyways, the summer time, you know what this? The summer time, pretty y'all. Um, we'll talk about it more in like not next week, but the week after when PK has watched it. Let's just say Conrad is the younger version of Work Bay. Wait, who's yeah. Conrad? Wait, show me the picture of her. Because there's three guys. No, there's two guys. And then there's one brother. Yeah. 
right? Mm-hmm. The brother is not what you're talking about. It's the two guys, but I don't know which one is coming. 70, it should be 100% of Ryan Tomatoes. 77% of The Lincoln lawyer is more. It's still very bingeable, like Lincoln Younger Moore. version of Work Bay. Younger version oh, of Work Bay. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he's really good looking. He's so hot. He, he reminds me of, um... So hot. that guy in Titanic? Of course he's 25. So, um, Ryan Gosling? No, in Titanic. What do you mean? Who's the main character in Titanic in the movie? There's Titanic 2? the fuck? Anyways. Isn't it that... Oh, my God. It's like... I can't remember his name. Oh, yeah. Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. No. He Leonardo DiCaprio. Like oh, he my looks God. Like it's that. not filming. Well, this episode's going to be interesting. But anyways, Leonardo DiCaprio. It did. It did. I don't, I don't know when it stopped. Leonardo DiCaprio does not look like Conrad. Conrad does look like a younger version of my work, babe. Um, he I'm, reminds me. Like, the features are, are there. I don't know. It's so good. And Lola Tung. I want to know how old she, she is. I'm scared to know what her age. Well, let, let's guess okay, how yeah, old. let's guess. Um, I want to say 23. Yeah, I was thinking 24. No, 21. I would say, like, 23. 21. Oh, God, she looks so young. She, she looks 21 in that. I say it's 22. She looks, like, younger than 21, maybe. I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared. Oh, my gosh. What? She's so pretty. She's very, very she's pretty. She's like a naturally, like, like her parents yeah. did really well. Like, she has that natural beauty. Natural beauty. She like, does not please, need makeup. Please don't do, please don't, don't, don't do anything to yourself, baby girl. Like, please don't. Like, do not, do not, like, do surgery. What's do not do background? Botox. I'm, I'm curious. I feel I like she's her background, hot. too. Oh, wait. Chinese, Swedish. Swedish. Mm. She does look half half. She looks Sweden, actually. She does look Chinese. Half. She does look Chinese, but she looks Swedish, then, too. Yeah, Swedish half, yeah. Oh, wow. She's, like, she's gorgeous. She's so gorgeous. And Gavin, honestly, his eyes. My he's God. Really, really pretty, too. He's, he's, he's not my, he's he's not my type. See, it stopped again. I don't know why it stopped. Um, Sorry, guys. It's our video quality. Our video is, like, stopping. I don't know why it's stopping. Um. Ugh. Anyways, but yeah, Gavin's like really, really nice and all. It's not recording. Yeah, it's not recording. <laughs> what? Okay, there we go. I don't know what's happening. Gavin is like one of those like pretty guys, pretty boys. Like he's not yeah. like I would never date him. I would I be would. friends with him. He seems like he has like such a baby face. So, it's so cute. Baby face, but it's like look at those eyes. I know his eyes are gorgeous. They're Jesus, like a gorgeous blue color. Like, and he's twenty three. That makes sense. They're older twenties. Yeah. Wait, how old is the other guy? The other um, guy, Christopher. Oh, he's twenty five. Oh, he's twenty five. I'm telling you, work bay guys. Ooh. My work bay. If you guys watch, listen to previous episodes, looks like younger version of Conrad. Christopher Brandy. Younger, so older. Hard. He looks like an older version. Younger version. Oh, this is his girlfriend. Ew! I don't want to see his fucking girlfriend. The frick? They look cute together. Ew! Isabel Machado. F you! You're ruining my fantasy. <laughs> oh my god, they look cute together. No, I can't. <laughs> anyway, so Bartram Pretty is really good so far. I've watched three episodes of the second season. We'll talk about it in the next couple of weeks. They're also tapering it out. 
So, mm-hmm. so they first release the first three episodes of the second season, and then they're going to probably drop the next three or the next two. I'm okay with it now, um, especially when, again, less TVs or movies are going to be dropping. Mm-hmm. So we might as well get used to it. We may have to get used to reading a book. Is this going to turn Ew. into books we've binged? <laughs> <laughs> and there's probably a podcast. Oh, my God. I don't know why it keeps stopping. Oh, God. Anyways, guys, we're going to say we're going to go because something happening with our video quality, okay. our video situation. We're a two-woman crew here. Um, thank you so much for tuning in to We Binge It. Of course, don't forget to rate our podcast five stars. We love you. We might even buy boba tea for you. You know what I mean? Like, we need to know where you are, obviously. But if you don't rate five stars or hit that subscribe button on YouTube, then forget our name. Don't listen to us again. Just kidding. Not really. Bye. Bye.